Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. Hi, this is Allison Court, better known as Claire Redfield. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Dan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. This is Laura Summer from Real Bell Frustrated. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. 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 Thunder. 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 Thundercat. Cowabunga! Oh! Dudes. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 85 of Operation Aftershock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and back alongside me is... Hello, I'm Chris Vint, yes. Apparently, uh, last time we had non-stop fun, um, according to people, so... I didn't say anything. No, I didn't say anything. I just, I just, I just heard on the grapevine that apparently some other dude is now part of this retro shock. Two people. I know retro shock retro. Yeah, but Mikey was here the first time. Oh, and I know. Some other retro Brit, which is he kind of butted in and yeah, things. He yeah, he just butted. All you heard was "Excuse me," and then him talking was like, "All right." I know he gets very offended very, very easily. He does. Yeah, but that's. That's what you get for being a Kane fan, I suppose. Oh, sick burns. Indeed. Sick burns. <laughs> That's what Kane gives out, sick burns. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think. Oh, dear. But nonetheless, yes, welcome everybody to episode 85 of Operation Retro Shock. It is a pleasure to have you here with us. Um, if you haven't listened to the last episode with Chris and Mike Lacey, go back and listen to it. some chit-chat about WrestleMania 30 and the WWE Network, etc. So yes, go back and listen to that. Uh, after this episode, I'll not tell you what this episode is just yet. After this episode, there will be one more episode before we disappear to the lovely sights and enjoyment times that is New Orleans for WrestleMania itself. We will be doing our full-blown as a huge group. Hopefully, if some people decide to show up, I'm just saying things. Yeah, Chris. Um, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about the other one. <laughs> I was about to say, you're not talking about yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, um, sure, Chris. All right, Chris. Oh. That we should hopefully all be here as uh, four individuals um, to give our full breakdown and predictions for uh, WrestleMania itself. That way, there shouldn't hopefully be any matches added by then, but knowing our luck, there'll be one added like a day before the event or something silly like that. But the card is looking pretty much packed and sorted by now. Um, but anyway, back to this episode. This episode is going to be kind of UK TV retro goodness, I would say. Yes, I would say so. And this has been one of Chris's choices. Yes, it has been. Obviously, there's like things that have started here and then went over to America, say like The Office. You know, The Office only ran for like two seasons over here and then I think it's almost like... Ninth or tenth season. It's been going crazy length of time in America. In America, yeah. Um, and then you had the likes of Life on Mars, which wasn't really comedy, but the no harm to the Americans, but they near enough turned it into a comedy with the way it ended. Um, you have never watched that to this day, the American version. Did you not hear how it ended? I heard the ending, and I was just like, no, I'd get, I couldn't take the rest of it serious if that's yeah. the way it was going to end. I think you do. I watched an episode of it, and it wasn't bad, but for me, Phil Glenister will always be Gene Hunt. Harvey Keitel was not a patch. Oh, I, yeah, well, Gene Hunt is uh, very hard to be beaten in his original form. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm sure the first number of episodes are effectively carbon copies of exactly what happens. Pretty, pretty much, yeah, pretty much. And then it goes awry. Yeah. So we decided to talk about like some UK comedy things, you know, some UK pro- uh, comedy programs. Institutions. Institutions, you know, ones that, you know, some of them have come back, some of them haven't. Um, and, you know, one of them only had like about something like 12 episodes, I think it was. And it's still one of the most beloved comedy programs ever. It's one of those shows, I think, if you were to turn around and tell somebody, say, somebody from America or whatever, that this is one of the most beloved TV shows in UK history, and you were to tell them that it only had 12 episodes, they'd be like, what? Yeah. I think very much now, you know, you need to have a couple of seasons under your, under your belt. But apparently, well, well, 
we'll get on to the first subject and then we'll talk about that. So <laughs> the first one we're going to talk about is I think pretty much everyone who lives in England or everyone who lives in the UK will have at least seen one episode of this or mm-hmm. knows the characters and that would be Only Fools and Horses. Um did you before we go on, did you watch the sport relief? I haven't had a chance to see anything sports relief related at all. So if there's something Only Fools and Horses related then I haven't seen it. Right, so you don't know that in Only Fools and Horses that in the skit David Beckham is alongside them? No, I did not. No? Oh okay. that's that's pretty awesome. But um unfortunately I was busy and out of the house on that night. But uh I'm sure that was quite hilarious. It actually it actually was pretty funny because they're trying to sell well they're trying to sell David Beckham underwear and say <laughs> that, you know, like Rodney is modeling them on the top of his jeans and says like, <laughs> you know, and they're signed by David Beckham, but they're signed on the backside. So he's think, oh, Del Boy is trying to fob. Mm-hmm. Del Boy's the main character, in case you don't know, Derek Trotter is trying to fob them off. And then they go to the cafe and then David Beckham is sitting beside them. And basically says to Rodney says something and he says to Rodney, Oh shut up, you tart. <laughs> David Beckham says this and apparently, you know, like we can't sell these because you scribbled on the back side of them. So, um it's just some of the things that he comes off with are pretty funny. It's like that sport relief skit that they did with your man James Corden who you don't like and I had, you know, like say Paul McCartney and yes, you know, like yes. and the guys from JLS and all that kind of thing, you know. Like I think James Corden minds actually getting on a lot of people's nerves now. I think he's been a wee bit overexposed. I think he's like the male version of Carl Carl Vorderman. He just seems to be everywhere. So mm, I think he done the. I think he's done the right choice by now stepping down as the host of the Brits because I didn't watch it. But again, it's one of those ones that people said it was an absolute car crash. Yeah, I think that's like whenever was it Frank Skinner and somebody hosted one of them, and it was just an absolute car wreck. But anyway, Only Fools and Horses is basically set around three characters. Um, Del Boy, Derek Trotter, who's the main one. Ronnie Trotter, who's his brother. And then you either have Grandpa in the early seasons, and then sadly he passed, Leonard Pierce, he passed away. And then you had Buster Merrifield, who was Uncle Albert. And then you had like different characters come into it, like Trigger, who we'll touch on in a minute. And then Boise and... Um, I think of the Denzel and you know like a couple other characters but if somebody was to mention to you Only Fools and Horses what's the first what's the first like scene or the first thing that like you picture um for me it would be the first time I was ever introduced to Only Fools and Horses by my dad and it wasn't actually a full episode of Only Fools it was kind of like one of those sort of you know best of comedy TV shows Uh and they showed you a few minutes from each comedy show and you'll know probably the scene I'm immediately about to talk about but it's they're in the bar okay yes yeah you know where I'm going I know where you're going they're in the bar and Del Boy's standing at the bar and he goes to lean on the bar <coughs> as Chris sneezes excuse me and he goes to lean on the bar and there's no bar there and he falls yeah just completely utterly straight you know whereas the rest of us would just go down like a heap of you know potatoes <laughs> he just falls and he just keeps his face and it's just like one of the funniest moments that I've ever seen in TV and that's one of the sort of the things that David Jason was just is just amazing at I don't know why I said was there because <laughs> yeah. he still is amazing at that sort of thing I think it's a case of plus the fact that your man uh, Roger Lloyd Pack who played Trigger I think it's the fact because his character is so dense mm-hmm. the fact that whenever that happens to Del Boy he kind of looks around as if to say where'd he go Yeah, and then he kind of looks up and goes like come on we need to go and he's just like do you not want to stay no you're cramping my style Trigger you're cramping my style <laughs> um, for me it'd actually be one to do with um, he Del Boy buys Del Boy is kind of like a a wheeler dealer so wheeler dealer so he buys stuff to try to turn it for a profit and uh, Denzel has like a van load of dolls but let's just say they're of the adult variety mm. and um, that sounded that mm, sounded a wee bit too yeah. interesting didn't it <laughs> and they're sitting in the flat and you just hear this like and it goes like what is that funny noise and then apparently there's some malfunction with them and the, the self inflate Oh if, they're, if they're near heat they self inflate so you just see two of them pop up behind their bar 
and it scares the life out of him and for me that's just one of the funniest <laughs> things trying to then get them out of the house so he, he uses his some of his dead mother's clothes and then somebody stops him and goes good evening ladies and David Jason just lifts one of the arms and goes good evening and then the guy just walks off for me that's just it's just a case of it went for how long did it go for? seven series it had so let's see I can't remember how long it last for, lasted for uh, let's see. And it's been on and off for years. Yeah, original series, uh, September 1981 to 2003, and then you've had like different specials as well. Um, because obviously you had the one where Del Boy's favorite saying was, "This time next year we'll be millionaires," and whenever they were going to round it up, kind of made it that they became millionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, but those three there I remember my dad lying down laughing at the scene wherever their their car breaks down which is like a three wheeler if you've watched like Reliant Robin yes um, and uh, they're dressed up as Batman and Robin and they decide to go for a run because the car broke down and they want to get to like the fancy dress party that's kind of one of the, another one of the sort of the most iconic scenes in yeah. British TV history if they're ever doing like a montage clip of the history of BBC TV it is in it yes it would be it would be um, it's just I remember my dad just in stitches laughter and it's still something that whenever you think about it whenever you watch it just brings a smile to your face mm-hmm. um, obviously another thing that's really <coughs> vital in this is the fact that Del Boy's brother is called Rodney by everyone apart from Trigger who calls him Dave <laughs> and there's a bit wherever just hear my dad going go on um, there's a bit wherever Rodney says to Trigger why do you call me Dave and goes that's your name no my name's Rodney goes like why do you call because I thought your name was Dave so there's a bit wherever Rodney's getting or having a baby or getting married it goes like to Cassandra and Rodney Cassandra and Rodney Dave <laughs> and it's just it's just typical trigger and like some of the lines that he comes off with like um, they're talking about everyone having their 15 minutes of fame and they mention something like this guy and then he says like Gandhi and Ronnie goes yeah like uh, Gandhi and goes like yeah he made one great film and you never saw him again <laughs> and you're like okay uh, obviously trigger was um, I think Del Boy says you know like where you dropped on your head whenever you were a child or something like that because he's just so so dense you know like but he's he's one of those people that's harmless but and he would stand by his friends through thick and thin oh so he's like our Chris Hill then well you said that not me <laughs> you said that um, if you want to compare him to let's him. just say there's an off-air recording from the uh, episode me Chris and Mikey did that uh, let's just say it doesn't paint Mr. Hill in good light uh smarts wise oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to let you hear that afterwards oh, I look forward to that <laughs> um, so obviously they have brought them back for different specials and things like that sadly the creator of it John Sullivan passed away as did Roger Lloyd Pack who paid, played Trigger um, which it actually said at the end the sport relief amount like dedicated to so it must have been weird for David Jason and Nicholas Lyndhurst to do that skit whenever you don't you didn't have your writer mm-hmm. there you know this is the sad thing now with a lot of these shows. We're getting to the point in time where a lot of the guys are getting a lot older now yeah. and will sadly be passing away. I mean, it'll be the same, sadly, whenever one of the Monty Python guys, you know, because that's like the four, that's like the Beatles of comedy, the Fab Four. Oh, you know, that's yeah. what it's like. Um, but it's just, it's just one of those. It's just one of those TV programs that if it's on, like a Channel on Sky, and it's on. Apart from the one wherever they is it like yuppie yuppie no not like yuppie, uh, jolly boys outing or something like that for some reason I've seen that so many times so it comes out like no I can't watch that one but any other one I'll watch <laughs> but I prefer watching the ones with Uncle Albert than Grandpa right. I, don't, I don't know why but I just you know prefer watching that and then if you want to look up the theme tune Only Fools and Horses TV if you live in the UK this will mean something to you and if not then it'll not but that was actually sang by the creator right so it was it was originally meant to be sang by Chaz and Dave oh yeah, yeah. but it was sang by um, Mr Sullivan instead which um, I think he needed to have a few 
Um, a few Dutch courages in them to actually get them in front of the microphone and get them starting to sing. So, <laughs> um, but there's just so many good characters in it. For me, it's one of those. Normally, when if you watch a TV program, you'll be like, oh, "I don't really like them," or oh, you know, whenever the character comes on, you're like, "Oh, I really don't like them at all." Um, but for me, they have like a really strong character base, and mm, sadly, yeah. you know, with the likes you play, Mike, the barman, he passed away, and then. You know the other two; they've passed away. So, and then Buster Merrifield and the guy who played Grandpa, Leonard Pierce, they've all passed on. But it's just one of those ones that you know every character seems to have a funny line. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like I think there was something to do with something to do with Rodney, and I think David Jason said there was one there where Grandpa said something to do with the Wendy House. I can't remember what the main crux of storyline was, but I just remember them talking about that and just you could see the David Jason smile on his face and obviously the biggest probably the the biggest um, thing that they did was the thing to do with the chandelier yes Um, Yes. whenever they're replacing the chandelier and grandpa's up the top and he's kind of you know knocking them out so they are standing there with the with like the cloth to catch it and it goes like ready brace yourselves and he hits it and there's one behind where they're standing and it smashes and basically they've been told we only have the budget to do one of these so you cannot laugh so basically said to Nicholas Lindhurst and to David Jason you cannot laugh so they're standing there and you can see Nicholas Lindhurst looking at David Jason David Jason Nicholas Lindhurst and according to Nicholas Lindhurst he said that out of the corner of his eye you can see David Sullivan just the shoulders are going up and down you know like you know like the way you start <laughs> yeah, yeah, whenever yeah, you get yeah, your fits yeah, of laughter yeah, that's how you start yeah, yeah, yeah. then he got his hunky out of his out of put that in and just everyone else is going like this here and they're trying not to laugh and he goes cut and then just everyone starts laughing and that you know like if as I say if you live in America and you have not seen this show even just type it into YouTube and see if you can get like an episode of it um, because you'll be hooked on it. It's just one of those comedy ones that has so many good storylines in it and so many good moments in it that um, that's why. It's, it's, it's the sort of show you don't get nowadays. No, it's not one that you would... You certainly wouldn't get the longevity out of it that they did. Yeah. No, and it's, and it's also, I think, part of you know what I'm saying in terms of you don't get a show like this nowadays. The way you were saying with... Um, you know, everybody seems to have their place. Everybody seems to have a funny line. It's a strong cast, effectively across the board. Uh-huh. Whereas a lot of shows nowadays, I don't know whether it's the quality of writers nowadays or what you know what it particularly is, but a lot of shows nowadays, I find maybe have one, two, maybe three characters at most mm-hmm. that are really, really strongly you know you know they're written well. Yeah, and then the rest you're kind of like mm, they've kind of kind of filled in the gaps it here. almost looks like we've made a character we've made a series around these three and these are peripherals so it's kind of all right whatever that kind exactly. of thing yes um, but obviously with these with this program you had then two spin-off shows you had one called the green green grass which yep. was to do with Boise uh, I don't think Marlena was in it or maybe she was I never watched it and then you had another one called Rock and Chips mm-hmm. which is basically to do with Del Boy whenever he was younger but mm-hmm. still had Nicholas Linhurst in it as a different as like their father um, um, so you had that as well and then as I say you know like you had so many um, different you know skits and things like that so you had like that you had a comic relief one you had a, that sport r- relief one which Oh, yeah, so there, the green green grass, which ran for four years apparently. Um, That's not a bad, you know, run for a spin-off show as well. Yeah, no, it's not. But it's just the case of you know, some of the like to do with Damien as well. That for some reason, you know, Rodney says whenever Del Boy's going in first child, he goes like, "Yeah, I can do it like Damien," and he starts laughing. He goes like, "Oh, it's really nice." <laughs> so then, whenever Damien <laughs> comes on screen. Even whenever he's a kid, you know, like it's like you know the omen, yeah. and you just hear that music, and it's just it's just hilarious, <laughs> you know. Like Daddy says, "Can we can we play war?" And it's just like, "Oh no, no, we can't, we can't do that, we can't do that." Right. So, as I say, you know, like if you haven't watched it, go watch it. So, what are we talking about next, then? Will we move on to Faulty Towers? We shall do. 
Just move on to Faulty Towers, which I think, I think was then, I think it was done in America, but for some reason they decided that the Basil Faulty character wasn't important enough, so they actually took him out of it. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's. Which does not compute, considering he's the main guy. Yeah, that's like you having your favorite ice hockey team, or you know, it's basically whatever. And then just saying, right, it's anything. It's like having like a cake without icing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the best kind of way to describe it. Best kind of synopsis, I would imagine. But it's just a case of no, that's that's just that's just silly. That's just saying like Michael Jordan can't play basketball. He never did much, and then just and he played baseball in uh, Space Jam. Oh my lord! And they're making another one of those films. Well, they're rumored to be, but if we see the light of day, I will laugh. If it's in, if it is actually a cinema release, yeah, lord, it'll probably come out the same time as Ghostbusters Three. I imagine. Aye, never. So this this was originally ran from nineteen seventy five to nineteen seventy nine. That's how that's older than me. That's how old it is. I didn't think it was that old. That's me saying that because it holds up well. It does. It's still funny, you know. Like my, obviously, well, this happened whenever, as we were talking about earlier on, the Monty Python characters um, that were actually were actually staying at a hotel, and I think it was Michael Palin left his briefcase mm-hmm. and went out to. The, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think. Went out to the car, and he went. Oh, I forgot my briefcase, and came back in, and the guys behind reception, and says to the guy I left my briefcase here and I went yeah you did go to where is it I threw it in the garden <laughs> what I threw it in the garden why did you throw it in the garden because you weren't coming back for it so I threw it in the garden so Michael Palin then had to go in and get that and then then go on and said to the guys you know like oh you know you'll never you never guess what happened and then John Cleese went oh right we'll take that and we'll roll with that you know I'll take that and I'll do that as a TV show now I always thought that Connie Booth was the woman who played Sybil right but it's not it's the girl who played Polly was his wife oh right so it was actually those two who wrote it Mm. Um, so it was Um, so that's like Basil Fawlty is the main character and then Sybil Fawlty is his wife yeah um, it's kind of one of those marriages that you're kind of like what did these two see in each other yeah you know it's like it's like a really really old not really old but like a, an old married couple who basically they get through their day by arguing at each other and you know like none of them neither of them could do anything right that kind of thing um, and then they've got um, Polly who's like a, somebody who works there and then Manuel who obviously is played played by Andrew Sachs, who you'll probably have heard from, you know, mm. like if you know anything about Jonathan Ross or um, Russell, Russell Brand. Brand. I was going to say Russell Hard there, which would Russell be, Brand, which would as be, he would call him, so which would be something totally different. Certain, what was it, his granddaughter? Yes, or something yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it kind of um, he's from Barcelona, so he doesn't really speak English well. So that always leads to fun um, episodes and for fun moments. And then obviously there's a certain gentleman who appeared in this who I adore. Oh yes, Mr. Bernard Cribbins. That's right. Um, that's just brilliant. That well, see, he's the he's like the is he a reviewer or inspector or something like that? Yeah, they yeah. think that he's a hotel inspector, but actually he sells spoons or something. Yes. You know, so he's like pampering him, and then the actual. Than the actual guys. Yeah, so he gets like pies and then he throws them in the face of them and he goes like, what do you three gentlemen want? And then he just like screams because it's a case of they're the three hotel inspectors. Um, But it's just... It's just... It's it's just you can't believe the gall of it. It's like you're walking in the shop. It's it's another one that you would not see today. You couldn't get away with half of the stuff. Yeah, especially... Let alone the stuff with Manuel. Yeah. You know, with the whole stuff with him barely speaking English, barely understanding English, to obviously one of the kind of the most famous parts of Faulty Towers when... They have German guests staying, and there's the whole "don't mention the war" and stuff like that. You know yeah. that alone, you would have to tone down quite a lot to even get by today. Even though 
it's a subject that you would think, oh, you know, you could try and broach it, but to the extreme that they kind of made the joke out of it in this. Yes. That definitely wouldn't fly now. And plus, when are we, the way he starts walking as well then. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that like, be like you go into the shop and just the person behind the counter just treating you with the utmost like disrespect and you know like you ask him a question and he's what, just you on a daily basis yeah <laughs> that's, what, that's what I have my retail experience based on is just Basil Fawlty I had to I'm sorry that's all right <laughs> um, yeah so oh um, so it's just a case of like with that um, so Cleese was paid £6,000 for 43 weeks work and supplemented his income by appearing in television advertisements jeez for me um, yeah, so six thousand is probably a lot of money for them. Oh yeah. Um, so there's one that I like to do with. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but basically there's a woman staying and she's deaf, and says like she has a problem with her room and she doesn't like the view and goes like, well, what did you expect to see? Like um, a herd of uh, wildebeest, you know, roaming there or whatever, and says like, I'm not paying that, and that bass shocking. And then Basil Faulty pretends to talk, but like nothing comes out. You know, like he's miming. Mm-hmm. She goes, "What?" I go like, "Turn," you know, like he's he's downstairs at one stage and he's writing, "Turn up, turn it up," but she can't find her glasses. Go like they're in there, they're there, and they're on her head, mm-hmm. but she thinks they're in like the dining room. Mm-hmm. So she goes, "You told me they're on my head. You made me look a fool." Go like, oh, "Turn it up." No. No, never mind. And she's lost. Apparently, she's lost money, but she finds the money and all this here. But it's one of those ones that, um, it's just, it's another one that you have to kind of see to behold because it's just, it's just some of the things that he comes off with. You would love to say that, like it says here, Basil Fawlty, played by John Cleese, is a snobbish and mis- misery something or other who's desperate to belong to higher class so like he'll treat other people he'll treat other people well the ones that he wants him to be treated by yeah. like there's one wherever the kid says about chips and he whacks the back of his head with his elbow and goes like oh sorry about that and like you wouldn't see that nowadays at all no. um, is there a particular scene or a particular moment that kind of sticks out for you well, it is probably again the whole don't mention the war stuff for me. I know it's probably one of the most famous scenes in it, but it is just one of those ones that just always sticks with me. And then just generally the stuff from Manuel as well. Yeah. So, like it says here, Basil refers, as we're saying about his wife, refers uh, usually to her face, including that golfing puff adder, the dragon, toxic midget, the saber toothed tart, uh, my little piranha fish, my little nest of vipers. You rancorous something old sigh. The despite these less than complimentary nicknames, Basil is terrified of her. There's only one time he loses patience and snaps at her. Um, and then there's one to do with he's planning a surprise for their anniversary and she doesn't think he's done anything, and storms out and then he's trying to get her back and trying to keep the her guests said basically says that oh he's up she's up um in the room she's not well and has to get Polly to pretend to be her and just things like that it's just it's just one of those ones that you know there's just so little little what's the word there's just a little moments I was trying to think of a fancy word but I can't, can't, don't know how to pronounce it Like <laughs> your the, dictionary's not big enough like the, uh, the the major he's always he just seems to always stay there and you know like always wants the newspaper and things like that and then you know, like as I say, and then obviously there's a moment where John Cleese turns up in one of the Doctor Who episodes, the City of Death, I think it is, to do with art, and then yes, they yes. kick off. It goes like, "Oh, what a, what a marvelous piece of art that is." <laughs> but yeah, so that's another one to add. Your if you live in if you live in your America, and again, you haven't seen this, but this is the one we were notoriously saying is short. Yes, yeah, it only has like 12 13 episodes I think it is and you can get them on DVD as well uh, yeah 12 episodes and running times 28 minutes to 36 minutes it's rare, rare nowadays that you can get an entire show in one you know set of a box set yeah um, and it's a case of 
it's a case of with um, with it like the Simpsons you know the Simpsons have their opening gag of you know like the couch whereas this had the faulty tower sign yes. and it'd be moved around like watery files or things like that or um, farty tiles farty tiles or something <laughs> like that so there's a lot of things to do with that as well um, so yeah so with faulty towers if you haven't seen it go watch it I think this is kind of going to be the running theme here folks that if you haven't seen these shows then go and watch them because they are all pretty much awesome yes um, shall we move on to the next yes we'll move on to the next the next show everybody is the royal family now before all our American friends start going what the royal family how's, not how's, this, how's this a UK TV show it's not like a reality show like the Jersey Shore <laughs> based on the Queen focusing on the Queen and all that sort of stuff it's nothing to do with that um, because that sort of royal is R-O-Y-A-L this is the Royals spelt R-O-Y-L-E so yes they are the Royal Family and basically the Royal Family is based on a uh, Liverpoolian family yes who um it's all effectively set in the front room of their house. You do get wee bits where it all flicks away and stuff like that, but the main centre of this programme is them on their couch in their front room. Apart from two of the Christmas specials, yeah. yes. There's one wherever they're at... Um, the caravan and stuff. They're kind of at Denise's house, and then there's one to do with her at the caravan, yeah. But apart from that, yes, the majority of it. I mean, there's ta- there's a time where you'll see like the the bathroom, it uh, you'll it'll basically all be set downstairs where it's the living room and the kitchen. But whereas you expect with most shows to, you'll go out and see various different places like in Only Fools and Horses, you know you saw where they lived, you went to the pub, you were outside, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Whereas the vast majority of stuff happens within the royal household. Yes. That all sounds very regal, doesn't it? it it's does, quite yeah. funny. It happens within the royal household, and that makes it feel like it's all big and grand. Yeah. But it's a you know typical wee terrace house in Liverpool that is you know you go in the front door and then it's immediate turn right and you're in the living room and that is it. Yeah, pretty much. And it's a case of you got a one seater, the couch, and then where Jim kind of Jim's the father where he kind of presides and this is effectively where like I've read uh, you know the autobiography for a few of the folks out of the royal family and this is basically where a lot of folks careers kind of took took off yeah well you did have the likes of Sharon Smith who played Anthony's girlfriend she was you know was it Pints of Lager and Pack of Crisps and all yeah. that sort of stuff and then at the she same did time. Mrs. Sort of Briggs is a thing to do with Ronnie Biggs' wife. Um, yeah, so you had that. Obviously, you had the great Liz Smith who played Nana. Yes. And then you had a guy, I can't remember his name, who played Twiggy. He's, he passed away, sadly. This is a depressing episode. I know, isn't it just? Um, and then obviously, you had Ralph Little who played um, Anthony. And then obviously, you had uh, the likes of. Um, Ricky Tomlinson who played Jim this was a then, big thing for him and then Sue Johnson who played um, Barbara those two actually acted together on um, oh, yeah, on no, Brookside yes yes so they, did, they so were husband and wife then as yeah, well yeah which is quite it's quite a funny thing but I think if you were to compare this, I think this is maybe a cool wee thing we could do compare the husband and wife relationship of Jim and Barbara to the faulty tar. Uh, I think folks. it's the shoes on the other foot because Jim kind of barks the orders and Barbara kind of does it. Whereas, but they very much love each other. Oh yeah, it, it, it you know like there's spoiler alert. Whenever Barbara's mum Nana passes on, you know like he puts his arms around her and goes like, "We'll get through this kid one day at a time." Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get through it together. Whereas there'll be bits wherever, you know, like he'll be sitting down and the doorbell ring and he's not doing anything. Will you get that, Barbara? Or make us a cup of tea. Yeah. Well, that's normally Anthony. I was. You know, like he Anthony. It goes around the kind yeah. of room. 
Apart from Denise, who just sits on her backside and doesn't do anything, and then honestly, folks, if you were to meet someone like Denise, you'd be wanting to tear your hair clean out so you would because she would just wind you up something shocking. Yeah, she is like just a real lazy so and so. Whereas Anthony is kind of a case of right, go make the tea, and then right answer the door and goes like, oh, you don't do anything, you lazy so and so. Um, yeah, he's one of the ones that does the most. Yes, yeah, and then like whenever. I think it's whenever they're blowing up the balloons to do with his 18th birthday and then the doorbell rings he goes like will you get that Barbara and then something else happens and he's blowing up the balloons he goes like oh you never get the minute to yourself in this place <laughs> um, and then obviously there's his in inverted commas colourful language for yes. whenever he's going to the bathroom mm-hmm. let's just say you know like um, I'll not I'll not uh, take that away from anyone, you know, like who's going to watch it. Um, but yeah, just things like that. Um, we can say his most common catchphrase, though, it's nothing too yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, basically, if he uses it in very different ways, there's you couldn't say that it's any particular reason behind this catchphrase. He'll use it in kind of like funny sarcastic moments but also in like serious moments as yeah. in kind of in a you're kidding me sort of manner yes and that is my arse basically it's basically his main catchphrase and Americans probably at the minute are going what the heck sort of a catchphrase is that yes that'd be true but when to not uh, go pontastic but when he cracks that joke oh, God. It can cause some hilarious moments, but this is—I think—the big thing with me with the royal family. Not only is it you know comedy and all that sort of stuff, but it really does have some very down-to-earth and heartfelt moments. Yeah. Like you were saying, with obviously Jim and Barb and Nana passing away. Um, and also when Denise is pregnant yeah. and it's him and her in the bathroom yeah because apparently that was all done that was one take because apparently they were after that they were so emotionally spent re- spent they couldn't have done it again so that was all done you know like that way as you say um, <laughs> like whenever <laughs> it, it's funny as you say you know like it's really emotional but it starts off with like your water broke mm-hmm. and then he says like are you sure it just wasn't one great big yes. urination shall we say and you know like that has you laughing and then at the end you know like it has you almost crying yeah because um, the chemistry between the two of them for that scene you would have no doubts in thinking geez they are father and daughter yeah. that is how a father would react with his daughter in that situation exactly um, there's you know obviously then she has her her baby which obviously they've called baby David if you call him David baby David because he you know like the father's <laughs> called Dave and they couldn't be any more original yeah they couldn't be any more original and that, was, that, was, that basically sums up the Denise character she's like oh just call it David yeah and says you know like about um they have Cheryl, who's your next door neighbor. Oh, they have their next door neighbor, Cheryl, who is the the godmother to the child, and always is on a diet. Always is on a diet, and um, basically she ends up looking after the baby and says like, "Oh well, you know, like as her godmother, it's only right that she does her fair share." Whereas, you know, she doesn't really look after the child at all. They don't do anything like that. And um, it's just a case of that's an ongoing joke, yeah. and you hear Jim says like, uh, "I'm sure um, the baby wouldn't be able to pick uh, its parents in an identity parade because it spends more times with like Jim's mum or you know like or Barbara Basically, or anybody bar its yeah. parents." Yes, exactly. Um, you know, and then. As we said, you know, like you see so many different characters, you know, like you have um, those ones who appear on a regular basis and you see like um, uh, Anthony's friend, what's he called? Darren? Oh, I know what Darren, you mean. Darren, I yes, think it is. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, and he's always getting done for like shoplifting and things like that. Yep. He says like, uh, there's a line he says about... Um, how long have you got your community service for? Like two, two years. Uh, 
did you say you were innocent? Yeah, but you were caught. Yeah. So what have you learned? Don't get caught. <laughs> you know, like and stuff like that. So well, that's that's the Eddie Guerrero school of yeah. Uh, you know, I like cheating not, steal, but if, at least you know, I'm it's not cheating. It. It's not cheating if you're not trying, yeah. and you know, if you're not caught, it's not cheating. All that sort of stuff. Uh, but I would have to say, I think this is probably one of my favorite British TV shows of all time. It's there's just something about it. I think it is that it is such a grounded program, mm-hmm. and I think part of it is that fact that you barely leave the household, and it's you see it change across time because it's been again, it's been a very sporadic show. Yeah, it had its kind of main run, and then it's kind of come in dribs and drabs and Christmas specials and New Year specials and all that sort of stuff throughout the year. Just but you see the sort of stuff them progress and like. At the start, it was like a wee basic TV and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas, and then in the more modern ones, they progressed to the nice flat screen TV yeah. and Jim's all proud of this sort yeah, of stuff. Sky HD, yeah, the Sky HD, and then you know you see them watching typical British TV. Like, what was it like across the years? It would have been like Weakest Link, yeah, and, and then it was like um, Ready Steady Cook whenever Bob Holmes was on it and they said like I'll have a pee please Bob and then they just laughed for like yeah. five minutes straight just to do with I'll have a pee please Bob you know like and you're just like something that simple but the thing is is that you know with our other two that we've talked about there's the laughter whereas in this there's no laughter track yes. whatsoever it's just pretty much yeah it's pretty much all you and you know like you basically laugh at what makes you laugh you're mm-hmm. not kind of it's not like you're prompted like with those ones but yeah. it's just a case of it just feels more natural because you're you're not kind of being prompted you're yeah. not saying this is meant to be funny yeah, you know, yeah. it's your choice what you find funny yeah and I think I think it's a case of you know if you don't laugh at something in particular or what was maybe meant to be a joke for some sort of people and all that sort of stuff I don't think that means that they were unsuccessful in the joke or whatever it just means that they haven't forced it upon you to say, you know, you yeah. really meant a laugh here. Yeah. Because then I think it doesn't pull you out of it. Whereas if I watch a show that has a laughter track and they do something and it doesn't make me laugh, it kind of just pulls me out of the program a wee bit. Really? Because I'm just like, mm, you know, you were trying to be funny there and I didn't find it funny, so what's going on here? But um, speaking of other kind of episodes that we kind of like um, one that I enjoyed was one of the more recent ones was when Barbara loses her wedding ring yeah and that's another one that shows the relationship between Jim and Barbara because they kind of get very angry with each other yeah, during because it he, like it gets really towards breaking point you he, think he's won money on a scratch card and he hasn't told her that yeah. he has because um, I like basically find it down the back of the sofa mm-hmm. and um, then and her opinion is like you know, you're more interested in other things you know yeah like winning the money yeah stuff like he, he bought the Christmas pudding so that meant that he did his best you know like for Christmas and then she tucks into it and then she goes to eat something and she goes like that and it's her wedding ring and he said like I took it down and I got it redone and then you can kind of see her going like oh I've been such an idiot and she goes like oh I love you and I love you too and mm-hmm. that kind of thing whereas you know it's kind of the way like we we're talking about you know like Basil and um, a Sybil who like are constantly at each other these two like will say certain things to each other to wind each other up but mm-hmm. then it's kind of like it's done it's forgotten about it's kind of the Liverpudlian attitude which is a very similar sort of I don't think attitude. it's Liverpool I think it's Manchester I think they're from Liverpool? I think they're Liverpool I think they're sounds like they're from Liverpool but I have a funny feeling that's it's Manchester it's probably my ears uh, probably, you're probably right. you're yeah probably television right. fixated Manchester family uh, it's one thing I never really particularly paid attention to um, I think it's because I think I'm it's because Ricky I think it's because those two were in Brookside, which was in Liverpool. Yeah, maybe that's that's where it probably is. part of it. And Ricky yeah. Tomlinson has such a connection with Liverpool and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's probably the main part of it. But anyway, it's that it's that sort of part of the world, and that sort of neck of the woods sort of 
what what is it, Northwest England effectively, kinda has a similar sort of comedic taste over here. Uh-huh. So that sort of and you well, perfect case in point is when we turn around and make sarky comments at each other and all that sort of stuff and you know, rip each other and you know, apart and make funny comments and all that sort of stuff. It's that sort of a thing is they'll turn around and say stuff like that and then ten minutes down the line in the episode they'll be you know, I'm not saying this is you and me here or anything. Thank but God. then but then they'll be all like, you know, tee hee ha ha, lovey dovey, you know you can see that no matter how much they rip and tear and make jokes at each other, they're the happiest couple there is, effectively, you know, and they don't need millions of pounds, even though Jim likes a wee win here yeah, and there. Yeah. As long as they have a nice TV in their sky, yeah. Television, that's them, they're good. Because it's like whenever they said about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire episode. And Barbara stormed out, and they were like, "Oh, we were really worried. We went everywhere looking for you." He said, "Would well, you like to be on? Who wants to be a millionaire, Dad?" And goes like, "Why would I need to be on that? I'm already the luckiest man alive, the richest man alive. Look what I've got." You know, like speaking of his family. Mm-hmm. But you kind of think, is he being sarcastic or is he not? Because obviously he can be at times. So yeah. you kind of think, "All oh, right." No, I w- I see Jim Royal as the sort of guy that is. You know, hundred percent. You know, his family comes first and foremost to him, mm-hmm. and if money comes along second, he won't begrudge it coming. <laughs> no, well, that's that's one of the. I just find a thing that says like it was voted um, one of the best um, TV programs. It was voted nineteenth. Uh, oh right, no, the royal family was placed thirty first um, in that, and then Faulty Towers was number one. And where's when you fools and horses? Morecambe and Wise number fourteen. Doctor Who's number three. We haven't talked about that in this podcast as well. Doctor Who. I'm all in Partridge is number thirty eight, and Norvegians and Pet was number forty six. Father Ted fifty. Where's only fools and horses? Or if I went past it, Doctor Who. Da, da, da. Oh, that's a great radio. Just me like going. Uh, where is it? Week it was. There it is. Oh right, number forty-five. So I beat only Orvidas uh, and Pet by one place. Mm-hmm. Whew, that's that's very strange. <laughs> so it is. Chris's w- personal tastes are. No, I this. would have put that a lot higher. I would have put like, well, I certainly wouldn't have said that Blue Peter was a better program than friggin' that, to be honest. But I think maybe Blue Peter is there because it's kind of an institution as well. So mm. it's never kind of stopped. But then there's Porridge, which was higher. Mm. Which obviously was done by the same people who did our Vita Zempet, but... Green Chill and stuff, like... Mm. Yeah. Is there any other... Oh, great. It's 2-0 now. Brilliant. Mm. Um, is there any other UK-based comedy programme you would like to talk about? Um, there's nothing really jumping out at me at the moment that we could talk about. Um, I think there's one that maybe we should keep for another time. Okay. But uh, I think we fairly blabbered on about especially about the royal family more than anything yeah I think it's because you could tell it's ones that we've you know like we've kind of watched an awful lot of because of the Christmas specials and things like that that was a good goal aye because the royal family effectively became kind of a Christmas institution as well yeah it kind of got to the point of where you're like oh Christmas time royal family's going to be on now again it has had a few hiccups in the last few years where it's been some Christmas it's not been on some it has but whenever it's announced oh, there's going to be a royal family episode at Christmas, everybody's rather happy that it's going to be there. Because it's one of those sort of things, it's like, for me, nowadays, sort of, Christmas programming is effectively, do not disturb me in the afternoon because Doctor Who will be on. Yes. And then I look forward to, if there's a royal family episode, royal family, because it'll be sort of, what, the 9, 10pm slot. Yeah. It'll be a lot later in the day. And you kind of recover after your um, and that's more Christmas one, dinner. And that's more one that I would watch with the family. Yeah. Whereas Doctor Who, I'm kind of away and watch that myself, while the rest of the family are chin-wagging around the table. A bit like the royal family, effectively. <laughs> Probably. Uh, whereas I'm away watching Doctor Who. Um, but then come the evening, and the likes of the royal family came on, it's just like everybody together in the room, and you watched it, and... 99 times out of 100 there would be quite a few fits of laughter going yeah. on 
I think that's what, especially on Christmas, that's kind of what you need. I'm not saying Christmas is a bad time or whatever, but it's kind of a case of it kind of makes the day complete whenever you've watching something and it's giving you a good, you know, yes. set of laughter. So it has done. And needless to say, it is always actually almost as funny watching the royal family um, at Christmas time with my dad in the room and hearing him respond to Jim Royal's comedy because it is my dad's sort of, you know, comedy a wee yeah. bit crude here yeah. and there and that sort of stuff um, but yeah it's again it's going to be another one of those ones where we turn around and say if you haven't watched it well it is available uh, on uh, the first two seasons are available in America on DVD but for some reason the third season and the Christmas specials aren't but if you have Netflix there is ways and means to get the UK one which you could probably find um, apart from Winnie Fulson Horses you can find Faulty Towers and the Royal Family on that so if you can get that, then go ahead and do that, and then watch it through that way. And it'll be a lot cheaper for you too. Indeed, Netflix is the way forward in that. It is. But uh, yeah, I think that'll do us for today. Well, I think so. As you put your arms up in the air, yeah, like you just don't care. Woo woo. No, <laughs> never. But uh, yes, thank you all very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, tweet us at retroshock three one six or myself at Alan G W Price or Chris at Vinto three one six and we shall be nice and respond to your tweet if we feel like it um, well, if we feel like it, if we if, don't if we're yeah. in the country if we're in the country by yeah. the time you reply um, or you can email me uh, alanprice at uh, operationretroshock.co.uk I almost forgot what my email address was that's, that's terrible that's per, or yourself at vendo316 at gmail.com so yes various ways for you to get in contact you can Skype us but um, it's probably better for you to just type us a few sentences or whatever um, but yeah make sure to tune in uh, well it'll be the middle of this uh, coming uh, week or so um, with our Wrestlemania predictions and all that stuff because uh, we'll be flying away to New Orleans very very soon and uh, it'll probably be a week or two's gap in that aspect uh, or three possibly it took us a, I think it took us a month and a bit to get back after last year so we'll try and beat that record everybody um, but yeah thanks very much for joining us uh, I've been Alan Price he has been Chris Vint and we'll see you all next time so long bye bye my arse I would like to leave this city this old town don't smell too pretty And I can feel the warning signs Running around my mind So what do you say you can't